What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Hello. Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, X slash Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe you're listening later on Spotify, Stitcher, not Stitcher, that doesn't exist anymore, or wherever you get your podcast. A lot of places going away, you know? It's pretty sad. Just think of all the detritus of podcast places we could listen to. Should we do like an in-memoriam Hunger Games thing for all like Stitcher and Google Podcasts and everything going away? Radio Public? We should do an in in memoriam of all of our favorite Stitcher moments, you know? <laughs> yes. Pete, you have a question? No, it was just, you said, uh, you know, I was just doing the Oh, trivia. you're doing the Hunger Games thing. I can't yeah. do that. My hands don't work that way. Because you have claws for hands? No, like literally like the muscles are tied together. So if I try to do that, I'd ha- I could hold them down like this. But if I try to do it, my hands claw up. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear Is this good for an audio podcast, by the way? Yeah, What happened great. with your the muscles? Visual. I don't yeah. know, man. My hands are weird. Well, you were a you were a fighter. You were like an intense boxer. MMA, player. yeah. MMA. Did you tear ligaments? Is that yeah, why milk, you can't? milk comments, right? Yes, I, I'm yes. always trying to get those packages open. Massive Literally, why do they release Alex. them like that? Nobody can yeah. open up the milk spot to get the milk out. Like you just gotta same thing with golf. Somebody else do it for you. Oh, it's crazy. You veered into um uh, mixed martial arts for one second and then got back to my almond milk is hard to open. <laughs> very good it is really you know what strong. else is good is the brand our, is strong the brand is strong our cascade of wonderful guests as i like to call it that uh, we're going to have on this to clean it up we have so many here and the first one he uh, had some trouble last week because there were some issues in la where dwell he on is it. based we won't dwell That's on it but fun. we're very excited he was able to make the time to come back this week, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Fingerman. Bob, Yay! hello. Welcome Woo! back. Yeah. Uh, so excited to chat with you. Such a bummer that it didn't work out last week, but great that you're here. No, Your new this book is our is time. Called, this is our time up here. Yeah. <laughs> it rained here, and when it rains in L.A., everything oh, kind yeah. of goes straight to hell. But I understand you got like a dusting of snow today, and everything, uh, everything shuts down there, too. So Yeah. Everything shuts down during the day here, but at night we come alive. Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes. I understand. Uh, so your new project is That's Some Business You're In. It is a book. It is on Zoop now as of this taping. There are 17 days left, but you are already successfully funded. You're asking for 5000 Currently, it's at almost 16000 here. You can get some Woo-hoo. amazing bonuses. And there's even more to unlock. So we're going to give it the vaunted comic book club bump tonight, of course. Um, This book is awesome, at least the part of it that I've read so far. Uh, It is 40 years of the business, something like that. Shocking. A shocking number (laughs) that makes no sense to me personally. I Well, but you've done, and this is what the book is about, obviously, but like you've done so many things and you've been part of so many different parts of the business. That all said, the big broad question, why memoirize it? What led to that decision specifically? (laughs) Let's see. Let's get to the roots of narcissism. And then (laughs) narcissism meets commerce equals, plus also acknowledging, I, I had to take the sting out of some milestones you know 40 years is one milestone a big birthday at least in societal terms is coming up and i just thought how do i how do i sort of 
buff out some of these rough edges and and turn that frown upside down. And I thought, what better way than to <laughs> than to do a book where I I look backwards with every intention of moving forwards when I'm done doing that. So. Uh, so how long have you been working on this? Was this something that you were uh, like long conceived? And then what was the process like of digging through all of your work? Yeah, I mean, well, the the idea of it came to me last year. At some point, I was trying to figure out what's the timeline for when I first spoke to Zoop. And I think it was over a year ago um, about doing something with them. And then this one was the one that became... Uh, the one that I really wanted to work on with them specifically. Um, and, you know, they were into it, uh, which is great. Um, but, yeah, just I think physically putting the book together has only been the last, you know, several months. I don't know, maybe the last four or five months. Sounds like a lot. But, uh, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time going to my my storage unit because uh, every time I think I have everything I need for uh, uh, capturing uh, this phase of my career or that phase, I realize I'm going to have to go and move a ton of boxes again. Oh, <laughs> and that, yeah, it's always that the box that's in the back and on the bottom. It's like yep. okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some some serious. Uh, Today's a leg and shoulders day, so. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wow. ask a very revealing question about me. My memory is awful. Like, if you asked me to write down my memoirs, I, I no chance of doing that. I'm curious to hear from you because you are pulling out all these incredible stories from throughout your history. A, do you have the best memory of the world? Or B, are you doing fact-checking on your own life in any way? I, I have a pretty good memory. This is the thing where, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not one of these people. What are they, What is it called? Idyllic memory when you can have mm -hmm. total recall. I definitely yeah. don't have that. And as I've been working on the book, I've had to actually go back and change things because I remembered it as I was writing. And then in talking, I realized, oh, wait a minute. I totally missed something and attributed something to the wrong something. So I'm, I've as I've been working on it, I've been correcting things. But you know, this is the thing about memoir, and this is more a career memoir than a personal memoir. Though there's aspects of personal, obviously, well, yeah. uh, in, interlaced. It's you know when you when you define yourself by what you do. If you do a memoir about that, you're you're getting into the personal stuff to some degree. But you know, there are things where I just didn't remember and the avenues I tried to pursue to to find somebody who might remember for me uh, dead ended. So there are certain little bits here and there that I don't think really impact on the overall, but I know I'm not remembering um, certain specific events that led to other things. It's sort of just a vague thing. Like, for instance, the one that that is kind of the, to, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, the one that's a raspberry seed in my wisdom tooth, <laughs> is not quite remembering who it was who brought me into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fold. You'd Ooh, think yeah. I would. But that's kind yeah. of a big thing. You know, that's that, a big deal. That's a big, big deal. Hole. 
Well, yeah, it's and it's tough totally because they like, all they all look very similar. Like the masks yeah. are different colors. Oh, come on, come dude. Don't you meet them at night. They're different personalities. Come on, dude. One does machines, no. and that's all it's I that guy who can't open a milk carton already making trouble. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, if you close your eyes, you can't tell the difference between Leonardo and Donatello. Just saying. that's not true at all. Listen, one, uh, one has a gentler touch. I know that much. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, one thing I would like to know, like uh, we found the kind of raspberry seed. But what's, you know, one thing I find when I'm looking backwards, there's always something that was like, oh, hey, you know, you get over the initial of like, oh, God, I got to look at myself, look at my writing, look at that. And that's always kind of a little icky to mark through. But you do find like a nice kind of like, oh, yeah, that was cool. What was your favorite memory about uh, kind of going backwards a little bit or something that you rediscovered that you really kind of was fun to tap into again? Well, I'll, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, because th there is, this has been in some ways more emotional than I thought, because there's all these little yeah. triggering things, you know, it's like, on the surface, it's like, oh, that was just a job. But then, you know, everything has got a, a flow chart that stems from it. And, um, you know, certain things that I also used to regard uh, a bit more disdainfully, I now look back at uh, where I'm glad I had those things as part, you know, the thing is if, if everything is smooth sailing, a you're, you don't have a very interesting story to tell. <laughs> and, you know, when you deal with, as I would diplomatically put it, colorful, uh, people, uh, throughout your Certainly. career, you end up with colorful anecdotes. Uh, and, you know, for years I was really kind of ashamed and embarrassed and, and very reticent to talk about like working for as many adult publications as I did. I mean, it was like, oh, they pay my bills. And it's not that I was ashamed like doing them, but when you kind of would talk with people about oh, what are you working on or what do you do? And it was always like, mm, you know, kind of talk, <laughs> talk down into my chest. But now I'm glad that I have that stuff because, you know, working for <laughs> a certified, you know, uh, uh, creeps like Al Goldstein and, you know, what have you. It's like, yeah, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I have all these sort of, because it, it was a different world. That's one thing younger, uh, probably your younger listeners and watchers. Uh, it was a very, let's call it a pre-sanitized world. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. You know, the when you spend The bastion of that, I believe, the comic book industry is still pretty yeah. holding on to that. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been interesting looking back at this because some of it has been like, oof, and other parts are like, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, nice. there were some. And the other thing is, you know, in, in some of the worst <laughs> worst parts of the sewer that I was swimming in, there were some very nice people that I got to deal with, too. You know, some like lifelong friendships were made from some unusual and unlikely circumstances. So. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, it, hopefully, it'll be interesting for people to read too. It, so. it was definitely interesting for me, and it's interesting to hear you say all of this because the tone that really came through, and I, I don't think it's totally unexpected from knowing your work, but like hearing what the concept of the book is, I almost thought, oh, this is going to be like a nihilistic, burn it all down thing. But there's a very wry, fun tone that plays out throughout the book as you are giving these anecdotes. You touched on this a little bit before, but do you feel like after you finish this project, has it 
rejuvenated you at all with comics? Is it something that you're like? Oh well, I've I've never lost my my love of yeah. doing comics. I yeah, just finished a new graphic novel, it. so um, yeah, I've, I that that never goes away. Um, you know, it's that whole thing of you know sometimes you don't necessarily love the business, but I always love the creative part. You know, so yeah. that that has not diminished in the least, and I'm I'm very grateful. But yeah, I didn't want the book to be negative even if there were stories where it was like oh that wasn't so much fun um i don't have any axe to grind in some ways this is this is one of the really nice things that's kind of come of getting a bit older and gaining perspective on things and also you know without getting too in the weeds working on myself and you know things like that uh, yeah. i used to i used to almost define myself by being negative because it was kind of that's the cool new york punk thing it's like oh it all sucks Bert. yeah that but, sucks, man. but yeah i, I i'm kind of over that it's uh hey it's exhausting well you're in la now i was gonna say so. you're in sunny california <laughs> <laughs> well, that funny. has helped i will say it it has definitely helped there is something to be said about with the exception of a, a rain day here and there that knocks your power <laughs> yeah. out there's something to be said for sunny and mild, sunny and mild. It's like, yeah, that's, it is kind that's of. what getting older is technically in a nice way. Uh, uh, I but mean, let me ask oh, you, what has looking, looking back so much, how is that propelling you forward in what you're working on sort of now or next? Well, I mean, there is, you know, there's an awareness that also this doesn't go on forever. Um, and so, you know, the, you know, it's kind of, making me want to not that i haven't in the past uh focused on stuff that's kind of personally meaningful but you know the stories that i'm really going ahead with are all the stuff some of them are ones that i've been you know kind of nursing for years and there's a project i'm hoping to be starting this year that would be probably the most ambitious of my career right. uh, very different you know there's there's always going to be markers uh that make it a quote-unquote Bob Fingerman thing. And I think this is loaded with them. But it's a very kind of big, sprawling, lots of world building. And, you know, kind of the time is now. So hopefully hopefully, I, I can... Somebody's looking at it right now. So fingers crossed. Um, All right. But you, you touched on this also a little bit just now, but I, I certainly feel like there's a little bit of a pull on modern comic creators to look back on that grimy period complimentary said, you know, from 20, 30, whatever years ago. Do you think that's something that could ever come back in any sort of way, the real alt comics, or is that gone for good? Oh, no. I, you know, <laughs> we're living, this is an interesting... Oh, did we freeze? Just for a second. Are we good? I thought there's a, there's a cloud passing over. Good? A cloud passing yeah, over good. your we're lovely good. summer. Oh, okay. Life. Oh no. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> a, a gopher just ran across the wires outside. Um, <laughs> no. Please, please tell me we're not freezing so no, much. We're, we're no, good, no, no. You're good. good now. You're good. Go, go for it. <laughs> go for it while we got the internet. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Not quite sure if I'm doing the Max Headroom stutter right now or anything. Um, 
I think we're going through, a, you know, a period of overcorrection. There's a lot that needs correcting. But I also think people screaming about wokeness just want to hear themselves scream. So I don't see alternative type stuff going away. I see stuff's be, being done right now that I would, you know, put into that category. Um, you know, I... I my days of of kind of trying to deliberately provoke people are a bit behind me. Um, you know, it's not so much. Oh, he's going soft. Priorities change, and, and I'd rather tell. I mean, this this big world building thing I mentioned. There's a lot of stuff in there that probably will be provocative to some people because it's it's satirical and it has some social commentary and all that kind of thing. And I don't think I'm going to have to soft pedal any of it. But I, I, you know, will quote unquote underground comics ever come back? No, because I don't, I don't, well, you know what? What? <laughs> I'm sounding all this out as I'm speaking. They might, because if things go a certain way, you know, people, I, I gather some retailers still do occasionally uh, get arrested for selling something that wasn't intended for minors and somehow it got into a miner's hands. So, you know, that by definition, I guess makes certain things a bit underground if you're kind of gatekeeping a certain amount of people from seeing a certain thing. It acquires a kind of a patina of the, the forbidden. So I don't know. It's a lot. There's a long, convoluted way of saying. I don't know, but I don't, <laughs> don't think anyone is going to let creative people don't generally let society tell them what they can and cannot do until they put that thing that they do out there and then they either take their lumps for it or they take their accolades for it. Um, all right. Listen, Bob, I think you're on a delay now is what's going on. Uh, yeah. But I do want to say sorry about That's all, all, all the I have to say about that. <laughs> so, yes, are we on a delay? Yes, we are on a delay. But you're probably hearing this several minutes from now. Uh, so, Bob, I think what we're going to do is say thank you so much for coming on. It was great chatting with you. Uh, until the gopher rat over the internet. Uh, congratulations on everything. And uh, the, the Zook is awesome. It's yeah, really, I really, really love it. it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad. I feel bad. It, it, but well, it's just very, it's, it's just very funny because in he had finished talking in his timeline and was typing like, did you guys get all that? And we're like, we're listening to it now. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, how is this happening? You're from the future. It's amazing. Ah, I feel so bad. Uh, but it was great yes. though. I yeah, love it talking is. to him. He's absolutely the book's right. Still good. 
Yeah, and we probably should have mentioned, we used to check in with him all the time back in the day when we were doing live shows and conventions and everything. So great to see him. Do check out the project on Zoop for the next two plus weeks because it's really cool. Why don't we bring in our next returning guests here? They are the creators of the Image Comics book, uh, Kill Your Darlings, ladies and gentlemen, yes. Griffin Sheridan, Ethan S. Parker, and Bob Quinn. Uh, hey, hello. Hello. Back to the show, okay. guys. Hey, hello. Guys. Good to see you again. Good to see so you. Nice so nice to be back. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> we were talking about this a little bit before we went live, but when we last had you on the show, you had to dance around the concept because <laughs> yeah. the book wasn't out. Now we're getting yep. the sixth issue is coming out tomorrow. We'll dance around that mm-hmm. one a little bit. Yeah, it's like big spoilers that go down. But uh, you're entering now the end game with a book, I believe, right? Yeah. Like it's going mm-hmm. up to yeah. issue eight. Is that the last one? Yes. Our, our, we're going to have a, a, a massive oversized finale uh, that we're yeah rocketing Ooh. towards. And it is a really crazy feeling. I was oh, going to say, yeah. it has to be massive because it still feels like you're doing world building in this issue that's coming out tomorrow to the point mm-hmm. where I'm like, is, is ending in two issues? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, yes. there, there's a lot of business to get done in that last issue. Uh, yeah. I think people I think people will be pretty floored by it, but that's, that's just my personal opinion. Well, I want to save it all for the finale. We're very excited about it. Well, I was floored by the oh. last issue. It's just, uh, oh my Thank God. You. Such a you leave us in such a crazy place. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> so, for anybody who isn't familiar with the book, just to set up the concept, correct me if I get anything wrong, but basically, there's this girl she used to visit what seems to be maybe an imaginary playland when she was a kid. Turns out it's not quite so imaginary. Some horrible things happen around it, do some evil in the land later on by which I mean, I think it was issue two, she mm-hmm. ends up going there and finding things are getting worse and worse. They've yes. gotten bloody, they've gotten gory, they've gotten very, very awful for our main characters. Uh, yeah. We talked about this a little bit, I think, with the first issue, but like, talk about putting your characters through their paces a little bit. <laughs> uh, because you're definitely doing that. Like, You love is, that, I think. You love yeah. that, yeah. What is... <laughs> What's too far? When do you pull it back? How do you modulate something like that? Well, I mean, I could start that by just saying, like, as far as what's too far, like, everything everything has to feel right, and and the only the only way to make characters that feel real and characters that who have stories that feel satisfying is to make sure that you put them through as many tests as are necessary for that for that to hit. And like, what what's too far is just when it's like we're being mean we're just being mean-spirited like and 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 i think that like some people might look at this book and be like what is wrong with these guys but really i don't think at any point we're just like yeah let's fucking get them uh we're we're, we're, we we love these we love these crazy kids uh and and we want them to go on a satisfying journey Um, yeah because nobody remembers the weekend everything went good and nothing happened right like great yeah and the the well, line is just sort of discovered if like if we get to the end and go, oh, doing doing X to them did not necessarily lead to Y. Uh, right. if, if it's a sort of situation of, oh, you know what? That was just kind of, yeah, like Ethan said, it was just kind of mean to do that to Rose. Was it necessary to rip somebody in half in front of her? 
Yes, it was. Yes. yes. It was. Well, I mean, we're not we're not trying to make misery porn. Life's hard and it's going to be hard for these kids. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you, it makes me wonder when we had you on before, it was like Kill Your Darlings, great title, feels yeah. like of the world. Now reading it, it where we are now, it feels like it's that's a tone. That's uh-huh. a diffusive, mm-hmm. that's a much larger thematic to the book yeah. than just what uh, what I guess I had thought coming out of the gate. Did the title, this is a very specific question, did the title come first or did you uh, land on it at the end and we're like, oh my God, write that down so hard. Write that in pen. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, talked, we've talked about it a little bit. It was previously called Scorned for a really long time and it, and it got approved under the name Scorned, but then Image was like, well, we have another book coming out called The Scorched. Um, and so we can't have scorched and scorned on, on, on the, the shelves. Uh, and so they were like, come up with something else. And it was, it, that was horrifying for us because like, oh, yeah. like, like we, we, like every element of this book, we've like racked our brains over it. And the title is like one of the worst in that, in that area. Um, and it took us so long to come up with the next thing and kill your darlings just fell from the heavens into our laps. And we were like, we were like, yeah, oh my god, because the more we thought about it, the more it applied to. Where it was like, it was like, it applies to some like very literal level stuff in the book, some yeah. thematic level stuff, and then it also applies to the fact that Griffin and I were learning to write a book for the first time. It's, and, it, and, 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 so, and so it is. It was just a crazy like cosmic thing. It's amazing. Oh yeah, we love the the double meaning of everything. There's a mm. duality at the center of the book between the fantasy and the horror. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that the title could be emblematic of that in, in yeah. some ways. And then there's uh there's quotes on the back of every yes. issue. Uh, and we try to do a similar thing when we pick those, we pick things that sort of have different connotations depending on how you read them and how you read the issue. So we really, we really want people to pull their own feelings from, from this stuff as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, can you talk a little bit about modulating between the adorable characters that we see in here in the fantasy <laughs> land and the horrible monsters and gruesome, uh, gruesome things that happen? How do you make sure they're visually consistent? Uh, visually consistent. Yeah, I, I, a lot of that came down to uh, the coloring, funnily enough. Um so you know, like when we first actually go back and we revisit the uh, the fantasy land of Rosewood, um, and and we see that everything has been just just decimated, right? Um, that there is probably a uh, there's probably a desire in your first attempt at it to go, okay, well maybe we tone down some of the fun and the color and make it very dark and grim and dire but i was like no 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 no. what if what if it's still technicolor (laughs) and all the blood is very red and all this and all the happy things are still pink and bubbly and stuff and i i I don't i think in that respect i hadn't a i hadn't seen anything where it was like the violence had been handled in a cute way or like like (laughs) well no uh, maybe it it was the contrast right it was the contrast between like the 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 grossness but it's still being a cute place and that felt more shocking to me uh because you know the 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 her actual life is is you know maybe you know from the from the first issue is we and we learn as the series goes on not as great as we think it is right in the beginning right so um but then you know it it felt important to make the everything that was in the real world had to 
I guess I guess I had okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't thought about it this much. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the real world stuff definitely had like a lot of uh, in, intentional tone to it in the way that I drew it and colored it. And then I always wanted to make sure that like when we were in Rosewood, that it felt like a place that was very fun and tactile and a place you'd want to be and a place where like if you walked up to a tree it would hug you yeah, right yeah. and then what was important after that was you know as we've seen as the series gone on is is, is to take that away from her as well right mm-hmm. so um and and again that a lot of that was handled sort of in the coloring and sort of you know decimating the landscape to a little bit uh to a little bit degree in what was that issue three four look guys i I, i've been done with the series for a minute now so like i can't remember when anything happened Um, it's fresh in my brain but let me just say real quick yeah this issue that comes out tomorrow like there's some horrifying things that happen Hmm. and then when we cut to the cuddly guys that's when you you feel it harder and like i wouldn't have guessed that in, yeah. If someone, if you were describing this to me, but it works in the way that the book, you sort of see it, then you see a reaction, and then you see it in their eyes, and it fucks you up even harder. Yeah, so I, I, I shout yeah. to that. That's such a, I like, yeah, that's like one of the biggest compliments I think to Bob's work on this stuff, totally. Cause like, like, like it is like, it's like the contrast is amazing and all of that, but it is also this thing of like, when when you go from the really scary stuff to the cartoony lovable folks that that you care about when you look at them after what you just saw you're like oh no i oh no i hope they're okay like like like, yeah like it like is a deeper feeling of worry it really like that's that's such an important thing about how bob made the horror work yeah i i I try to be very intentional with everything but i'm also realizing like just kind of like go with my gut a lot of like i think this feels right and then i just gotta do it right (laughs) what what i'm wondering is because we have and you guys talked a lot about this duality you know is it better knowing that like i'm gonna show you the scariest fucking thing imaginable but on the (laughs) other end of it is the cutest happiest place you've ever been yeah like is is that easier to kind of be like creating both worlds where there's there's uh kind of a a fun balance or is it is it harder because now that you've came up with a scary place you got to come up with the fluffy place that kind of is the opposite griffin um no i think uh i think being able to uh have um those two really different sort of pieces of the book uh basically we look at you know, both sides of it and say, how are they similar? How are they different? Um, and it, there are some very obvious differences across the two. Uh, but sometimes we find that there are even a couple of similarities. Uh, and it, it's it's about playing with all of that, both the contrast and the uh, the similarities is, is what makes it really exciting. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the higher your highs are, the lower your lows yeah, get to feel. Yeah. If we wanted to make like a, you know, if we wanted the real world to feel, you know, real and dark and, you know, sort of uh, gross in the way that the real world is gross and upsetting. And then if we wanted the fantasy world to be like a Game of Thrones fantasy world where it's all real and gross and it's all muddy and everyone's having sex, it's like, well, then they're like the same. They're like the same then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, I think too, stylistically, like I think that ki- that kind of thing 
feels like it comes naturally from from us as a team that it's like we like we're people i think all three of us are people who get really bummed out and really like anxious and whatever but we're also like big goofballs at the same time and so like i think that i think that comes out in the work where it's like just as soon as we do the bummer stuff and as soon as we get freaky and whatever then we're like okay but then what if somebody yeah. slipped and farted you know like, like, make, it nice. like, yeah, make it fun <laughs> yeah um i'd love to hear you and this might be hard to talk about now since we haven't read the last two issues yeah. and most people haven't read issue six but i'd love to hear you talk about rose's arc a little bit mm. and the reason i ask about that is because we started so squarely on her in the mm -hmm. first issue as a child opened it up as she got a little bit older of the second issue but as we've been adding more characters and more details it's widened out mm -hmm. to more of this ensemble cast is rose a lens we're going to focus back in on by the end of the series hmm Dude, spoilers, hmm. bro. You uh, <laughs> well, yeah. certainly, you know, we have this sort of like act one, act two situation that we have sort of addressed um, more recently, where act one is like issues one through four, and that is very focused on like Rose, and it's kind of linear, uh, save for, you know, the flashbacks at the beginning of each issue. We're, we're just moving ahead, and we want to give you a sort of sizable little chunk of rose's story and then uh, act two starts with issue five and five and six yeah do sort of pull back and give you a little perspective on a couple of other characters but uh when we come when we sort of come back to uh where we left you off at the end of act one i think the hope is that in taking a look at those other characters not only are you understanding those characters better but you'll understand their relationship to Rose and, and their relationship to Rose's story, yeah. uh, which will in turn help you understand Rose more. Right. Uh, it is like, cause it's, Rose is absent in yeah. the bulk of issues five and six. Yeah. Um, I think w once we come back, it'll sort of recontextualize her space and uh, her yeah. role in the story. Because it is, it is very much her story, and it is like a coming of age sort of story in a lot of ways. And like, and in that, the, those those issues where we pull back away from her and 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 broaden the story broadens out a little bit. It's like it kind of gives you the feeling as she is feeling it that oh shit the world is a lot like bigger and 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 more complicated and more messed up than i i ever realized um and so the, the book like we we kind of want you to have this feeling of sort of spinning out of control and at this middle part of the book where she where Jack. she is as well yeah uh oh sorry uh, sorry i thought i heard you say something. no here. no i was just you're like <laughs> we want the reader to feel spinning out of control right. and i was like yeah this might be another hard thing to talk about now though i think you just mm -hmm. touched on it a little bit but uh what would you say the overall theme of this book is uh, not looking for spoilers but like <laughs> is it kill your darlings is it something else yeah. what's what's sort of the mm -hmm. mission statement would you say that's a really hard one without spoilers. Yeah, yeah. because think, Bob, yeah. Bob, you know, Bob mentioned earlier that he is done with the book. He's been done for a little bit. He turned in the last page uh, a few weeks ago, and I think the last page of the book for me perfectly like lands the theme. Where I, I like I, when I saw it, I was so emotional because I was like, "Yeah, that's what the whole thing is about." Uh, and so, obviously, I can't tell you what the last page is, but. Yeah. 
That's called uh, a spoiler. That's a technical. That's a <laughs> the original spoiler is the last bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you say? What do you say? I think I would say read issue number eight when it comes out in April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think book. it's such a it's such a broad question because uh, it, it is like is I said, it's important to us that people pull their own stuff, and so I don't want to yeah. I don't want to inform like you should go into it looking for this. Like like I think Kill Your Darling serves as its own interesting sort of billboard for you to like have that in your mind as you're reading it. Uh, but if we've if we've done our job right, I think by the time you look at that last page, you'll get exactly what we're trying to say. Uh, now, the phrase jump and title "Kill Your Darlings" will continue to have the same sort of um, relevance, even all the way through issue eight. So, yeah, I think what Ethan is saying, where it's like we've already talked about the title being kind of indicative of yeah. what we're doing, and uh, I think that is enough to go on. Yeah. Uh, and if you think it's fucked up to ask about the last page of this, um, <laughs> let, looking forward, I feel like you guys have so much engine behind this world and story. Yeah. Like, what are you doing next? Can you talk about <laughs> any of the next moves, where your heads are at, any thoughts? Uh, um, we spent a long time making this book. Uh, and <laughs> three years. Three wow. years. And, and, I mean, we only really got uh, a year of like actually making it with uh, Bob and John. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just had such a great time doing it. And I agree, Justin, there is, <laughs> there is such a, there is such a good thing going on here. And I, you know, even though this is our first book, so we don't want to speak to it, but we've, we've heard, you know, some other creators sort of say like, you know, when you find that sort of connection, you don't want to just like let that go. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think we're all thinking about we're all together adults on here. <laughs> maybe afterwards. We wanna we wanna we wanna hog Bob and John for as long as we possibly can. <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> yeah. You wanna know what I'm doing next? I got an Edge of the Spider-Verse story and I'm doing a Hawkeye story for the Blood Hunters thing. So there you go. That's that's nice. the next thing nice. I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Love it. Yeah. We 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 are actively cooking stuff up. It's not it's yeah. not more kill your darlings, though. Uh this this is this will have a definitive. There's a there's a very cool pitch that, that you should see because our work is great and is a oh, yeah. really great concept, and someone oh, yeah. should give us a lot of money so we can make it. Yeah, yeah very excited about that. Awesome. Uh, guys, congratulations on the book. It is so Thank cool. You. I am dying now to read those last two issues, and everybody mm-hmm. should check out issue six when it's out tomorrow. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Issue six uh, is a real emotional roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Great talk, guys. Right. Have a good night. Take Bye-bye, care. Guys. Back at the end. All right. There we go. Uh, like we said, that book is out tomorrow from Image oh, Comics. So Definitely good. check it out and check out all the earlier issues as well if you miss them. Because you must, yeah, great. don't jump in with number six, start at the beginning. Good call, mm-hmm. Alex. Yes, good tip. Good tip. <laughs> you tip. should not do issue three either. That's right, Alex. We can't. That number you're playing with your broken fingers. Hurts to maybe it's Alex. I before I thought it was from like fighting and punching, but it may be just from disuse. You know, your hands are so soft; they only type. No, when you have evil claw hands, the more evil you are, the more it turns into a claw. That's how we know. That's how it works. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, he's doing evil, so his hands are. I am evil? constantly yeah. trying to take down Gadget, but <laughs> all. It... <laughs> wow, uh, you know what? Let me just say. Let me just yeah. say. 
Everyone's <laughs> mileage may vary. I love how Alex, you're in such a relationship with him. You just call him Gadget, not gadget. Spectre. You guys are well, too close. Well, that's what he does. He goes, next well, time, Gadget. Next time. Because when you said Gadget, I immediately went to Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and that's yeah, oh. exactly. That's me. I was like, "Don't that's you me. dare hurt Gadget!" I never. I was at me I immediately never. in the Cuckoo Cola cult alongside Gadget, trying to like, <laughs> fill the tank with suction cup ends, and that's where my head is always at. But I should have known that you were just setting up your very good Doctor Claw. Oh, thank just you. Shouts much. to you. Wow, <laughs> that's why he's doing, he can use his hand fine. He's just he he's it's solid. Yeah, it's no problem. I just. Scam. It's it's a forty minute long scab to wow. do a passable Doctor Claw impression. All right, what are we bringing up? Wasted years of That's our a lives. Much better for impression this. that I'd ever have expected. So, oh, thank Alex. you. Uh, this is the second time tonight too. I'm not going to do it, but uh, my my daughter complimented me on my Adam Sandler impression. She was no, like, I don't want "Okay, don't do it. Don't, no. don't do it, Alex." Nope. But, yeah, nope. right. Not, not teeing no that up. Go fuck yourself. No, don't this do is it. it. No. Don't do it now. That's not find what this is. Not what this if is. If you can find a way to make that part nope. of the conversation. Nope. 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 If you can find a way to make that part of the conversation. All right. We've been having okay. these last guests waiting for a while. Let's stop okay. <laughs> and bring them in because they have an amazing book to talk about here. Jonathan Marks, Baravecchia, and Sean Lewis. Welcome hey. to the show. Hey. Welcome. Uh, excited to have you guys back on the show. Excited to talk about this absolutely wild book that's coming out May 1st from Image Comics. It's called Bear Pirate Viking Queen. Just officially announced yes. yesterday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Fresh. Uh, this is gorgeous, stunning. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know even now necessarily how much you can get into spoilers because it's right there in the title. You got a bear, you got a pirate, you got a Viking, got a Wait, got, was... got the band Queen. Queen, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Those are a lot of nouns, so just tell mm -hmm. us how they were the verbs. Yeah. <laughs> you got to read the book. Wow, find the yeah. verbs. In the, the book, yeah, it's like a, like a look and find. Uh, well, I, I feel Roll like... look and find. <laughs> Sean, obviously we've talked to you a lot about your writing, and Jonathan, we've talked to you about your works as well, but nothing against your writing, Sean, but this feels like a very art-driven book in a certain way. Uh, talk about the process of crafting this a little bit. Sure. I mean, well, John and I met on Instagram, even though we both uh -huh. moved to the same town about a year ago and live a mile from each other and didn't know it. <laughs> oh, crazy. crazy. That's hilarious. Yeah, was, really was that an alarming revelation? Or was like, wait, what? Are you messing with me? It was kind of surreal. Like John posted, I, Above Snakes was out. This Western I did with Hayden Sherman. And John posted um, a, a cover on Instagram. We don't, we don't know each other. And I saw the cover. It came up in my mentions. And I was like, this is fucking great. I, this guy's amazing. So I sent a message to John. He was like, yeah, if you're ever in New York, we should meet up. And I was like, I live in New York. I mean, not in the city. I live upstate. And he was like, yeah, me too. Where do you live? And I was like, I live in Beacon, New York. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, actually, <laughs> then I was like, actually, I'm sorry, man. I kind of lied. I don't actually live in Beacon. I live in a small town next to Beacon called Fishkill. He's like, holy shit, I fucking live in Fishkill. <laughs> I was lying too. I was lying. <laughs> yeah. We're both liars. We're both liars. And that's when we knew it was a match made in heaven. That's wow. thing. So. Sean, I think, has walked in my house. a mile away from each other. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. So, Easy meetups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we got together one day at a, a brewery in, in Beacon, the town we don't live in. And, um, <laughs> and How'd you find went, a brewery in the Catskill area? 
Oh, I mean, there's a lot of Brooklynites up here now, so there's a lot of breweries. Every town here. you drive through, of like, there's like three houses, a post office, and two breweries. Like, what the fuck <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, sure. Which beer's being consumed? Sorry, that's my axe to grind. That's fair. That's fair. He stumbled cool. onto his stand-up set there. He was yes, like, yeah, what's the deal with breweries? Am I right? So we, we started talking about old comic books and comic books we loved, and I, I was already in love with John's art, and then. It kind of started the same way most of the books I've made start is I find an artist that I think is really special. And then I was just like, what do you want to draw? Like, I was just like, what do you, what do you actually feel like drawing? And I think, I think John mentioned Vikings and and then we were talking about pirates and the sea. And then I was just like, all right, just tell me everything you want to draw and I'll, I'll figure out something <laughs> that we're all doing. Wow. I think that's pretty close. I mean, John. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. I remember pretty much the exact same way, like having, having a couple of, beers and just it was really just like what's cool vikings uh fucking you know space is cool dinosaurs are cool bears are cool like just just a list of of stuff just nouns and you can uh, only pick four and then, pick four yeah, we had to narrow it down to like the four best nouns you're and, cutting uh, dinosaur are you sure i know it sounds like a mistake now that i say it out loud <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be the next book another four random things but, nice uh but i think i do think uh you guys didn't ask about but i think that like the title was basically from that first meeting as well was just like these are these are some cool things and like what should we call it and as a joke you know one of us was like, just call it those things but it's a good title you know what yeah. i mean like it, it, yeah. it i love an unwieldy title so well, what has the back and forth been like? And again, because this isn't coming out for a while, I don't necessarily want to spoil too much, but it has this very dreamlike quality to it as it goes through the book mm -hmm. or even really from the very beginning when you start introducing it. So what was the process of breaking the story once you had <laughs> these four nouns together and you, you don't wanted to move forward? <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, we had that initial conversation and then, I mean, similar to kind of, I mean, with each artist I work with, I try and find like what's a vernacular that can work for them. I mean, I think like my background's in theater and I was a, I was primarily a director. I was a playwright and a director in theater. And when you direct, you're, you're kind of trying to learn the language of the actors and the writer and getting them all in the same place, like the same world. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's little differences. So like when I work with Hayden, it's a little different than when I work with Caitlin. And with John, you know, like I, I looked at the art and I was just like, it's so fully formed and there's such an austere kind of like beauty and horror to a lot of it yeah. and so um honestly i just wrote like we had the four things and i was like what, <laughs> what fucking world do these four things live in that's at all interesting to me and i got really fascinated with like that, this idea of like oh they all come from the sea but also so do we like empires come from sea pirates come from sea vikings come from sea like none of us are in america without the sea so it was this kind of that became the thematic. And then once I had the thematic, I honestly, <laughs> other artists would be like, John's fucking nuts for going along with this. I basically just, I wrote an epic poem, like a rhyme of the ancient Mariner wow. style poem. And I gave it to John. We lived super close to each other. So over a couple of months, John would just come over to the house and we'd go through it. John would break down, you know, verses of poem into pages of art and then kind of show me, I'm thinking wow. thumbnail wise of doing this. And, I'm not a fucking artist. And most of the time I just nod and I'm like, that sounds cool. Like, <laughs> I figure out what they say when I see it. it you know, like so, but. 
Uh, it's I love hearing that because in the in the pages that we've seen here, it has that sort of poetic, dramatic space between yeah. the panels uh, for yeah. like and like some repeated imagery in a way that I uh, that is so that that tells the story in in a way where you don't need a million words in the middle there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think so. I don't want to I don't want to step on John. I just think you, there was something so for lack of a better word, just like poetic to to John's style and the, and the watercolor of it, that it was just like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times as a writer in comics, I'm trying to figure out, it's a weird medium, right? Cause you're writers can't draw. A lot of writers pretend they can and they like mail pictures from apocalypse now to their artist and they're like, draw this. I know a lot of people do that, but I'm also like, it's kind of like asking your artist to be a visual stenographer. Like as a writer, if John sent me a picture of a script, Francis Ford Coppola script, and was like, rewrite this that. Is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of like, how do you find a medium ground where even though my discipline is wildly different than your discipline, it, see, it can seem as close as possible to one person making the book, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Well, and it's funny. I, I feel like this has been a recurring thing in the last couple months on our show. And so maybe that's just anecdotal, but it feels like a lot of writers that we've talked to are like trying to write fewer words in yeah, general less in their comics. Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel that? Is that, that feels intentional here at least, but is that a general feeling in the air? Not always. I mean, above snakes is really wordy. Like they talk a lot in that. There's a lot of humor in that. You need dot. I mean, I feel like you need more room when you're trying to do humor, especially on a flat two dimensions, like page. Um, when I did the few, it was really imp like important to do it quiet because I hadn't seen, seen quiet dystopias, and so I was really obsessed mm. with that idea. You know, with this book, it was much. What I was much more interested in is like how like for myself my own challenges were like how do i get out of just writing jokes because i'm worried i'm gonna lose the audience <laughs> and how can i trust the, the actual story in general whether it's visual or verbal and how can we try to surprise people as much as possible like i think there's things that happen in the future issues where it gets more wordy like there's some stuff in the third issue where like i don't think it's giving anything away it basically is going to turn into like almost like a a topi style uh, picture book, you know, like mm -hmm. there'll be a lot of text, um, but it's going to be visually incredible. And it'll be different than what I think what you were expecting as you were reading the book where this one, I was much more about like for the first issue, especially uh, mystery was a big part of it for me. And a lot of times it's a mystery issue because you don't know what the fuck you're reading. Like, I think it's right. for better or worse. I think in a lot of my comic book career, most of my first issues are responded to with, I didn't know what I was reading, which made me not sure if I liked it. And then I got to the last page and I decided to keep buying it. That's like the ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> and that because it was a mystery, I was just, you know, there's pulling back a lot more. So there's a lot more of just like the, the, the thematic of become what you are and this idea of this floating bear. And is it a God? Is it a, is it a, a hallucination? Is it real? That. If you start talking too much, the audience just starts going like, oh, the bear's totally real. I fucking wish he wasn't. Or like the bear's yeah. really <laughs> stupid it is. So in this in this issue, it's 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 basically like how do we keep mystery and surprise going? Uh, and luckily the and the art's so amazing that it, it allows for a lot of the visual storytelling to go like, I don't I don't need to say a lot on this page. Like you 
get it. Um, well, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. I just wanted to ask just on the same note, Jonathan, you did the lettering, I believe, as I well. Did, yeah. So given that you're doing that whole thing, and I know we're not showing the pages and most people haven't seen this, but the lettering is so integrated into the art and the book. How do, how do you approach that? Because you've got these watercolor washes, you've got the pencils, you've got the lettering going on. What's the progression of your process? Well, I mean, just to go back to like what Sean was saying before, like to Sean's credit, he was, he gave me that kind of freedom from, mm -hmm. from the jump. And we had, we would, we would actually have meetings where, you know, his, his, the poem that he mentioned, like the, basically the outline is like, what are four pages? And like, Hey man, this is a 70 page comic. He's like, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, break it down how you need it to be broken down and like take stuff out or add stuff or whatever. So from, from the jump, I, you know, I had that kind of freedom and, and I wasn't very good at planning the pages to incorporate the lettering later, but it was in the back of my head that I'm responsible for the, the look, the visual look of the entire book. So whether it works or doesn't work is, is on my shoulders, which is fine. But uh, I, I knew that I would be able to incorporate that lettering later in like as an, as an organic way as, mm -hmm. as I can. Uh, but the lettering, I will, I will admit too, like the lettering is done digitally. Uh, so the boards themselves, except for like the sound effects are all traditional and then lettering is, is put on top. So I gave myself a little bit of, of wiggle room to, yeah, you know, change and, and move and uh, fix stuff. I, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say we're talking a lot about like how artistic this book is and these combinations of you know, words and poetry and just amazing images. And I just think it's, it's so smart to kind of know yourself well enough to know that like what readers normally want from you and kind of giving space for that, because I have read a bunch of your stuff and been like, I'm not sure what's happening, but I like it. I think I do. I'm going to be checking it out because I'm going to hope we're going to land this ship. And it's, what's great about it is this kind of like, I'm not sure what's happening. There's so many comics that we read. We're like, oh, we get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where's the big twist? Oh, okay, there's the twist. So this is, 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 it feels fresh. It is really fun. And I just love the space, artistic space that you're giving this. It takes confidence to do that. And I'm just, Thanks, it's just such a breath of fresh air in our stack to be able to kind of go down this path that is different and fun. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you. Hell yeah. That, I, I will say that was like a very active intention for, for Sean and I too. Cause we're like, nice. we've read comics for a long time. The fans, you know, whoever buys our comics probably, especially this particular comic has been reading comics for a long time. Like, how do we, how do we get that sort of reaction? Where it's not like, oh yeah, now the, the pirate's gonna do this. Yep, the pirate yeah. did that. Yeah. Then this happened that, you know, it was like a, we were actively trying not to work against that. And I think it, uh, I think we pulled it off. I think uh, yeah. also there's yeah, like definitely. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Chuck. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was gonna say also I think there was a general. I know for myself, I was having a general frustration with like a lot of the constant conversation about comics. Like, you know, it's been a, a hard year. I think people know that at shops and everything, and so everyone comes out with like their manifesto of how to like right. sell comics, and you're like, I got it fucking know how to do this <laughs> what are you talking about like it's such an insanity and it makes me go crazy it makes me feel like an alien because i'm just like 
I've written some super selling comics. I have no fucking idea what makes a book sell or not sell. Like, I think you're, this is a lie. And, and it goes back to gimmicks of like, well, if you have 57 fucking variant covers, then it's like a billboard in the, in, and I'm like, I guess, but like, who's in the end, who's truly buying the book. And I think, and then there, there was a lot of conversations I've seen about like, no one wants adult books anymore. It's all gotta be fun. And I was like, all I remember as a kid, when I got a book was like, was it a full experience? Like, did mm-hmm. I read the book and did it stay with me or did it have a page turn? And like, even for things that are now unpopular, like I remember the first time I saw Rob Liefeld's art when I was probably like 10 and being like, I never saw anything like it, good or bad, yeah. I never fucking saw anything like it. And I was suddenly like, this is an experience. I've seen a new world, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm into this. Yeah. And so I think that was a big, I know for John, we both really love comics. We spent, honestly, we spent so much more time talking about comics than doing any fucking work when we get together. <laughs> that's awesome. That makes me You happy. know, it's true. It's true, though. And and I think that's a big part of it is that, like, outside of this constant, like, champing, which usually has to do with the book I'm selling, like, what we sell comics, it was more of, like, how do we just, like, I mean, it's not a popular opinion with a publisher to do a 72-page first issue that's going to be 499 like that's not like it's hard to get people to high five you on on (laughs) just what you wanted thank you well i i I wanted to do it on newsprint too and they said no Ah. i feel like i don't know i feel like there's sort of a push right now to do things like that like not not to name drop we had ed brubaker back on the show a couple of months ago and he was going pretty hard about the fact that he felt like the thing not to fix the comic industry but the thing that needed to be done is just better looking books, better printing, yeah. et cetera. And I think since he talked about that, I've seen so many things crop up, not that it was concurrent, but I think, for example, Distillery is doing a really good job mm-hmm. with like, hey, we're going to put out some really good books. Archie announced today that they're putting out premium line books that are like better paper and better covers yeah. and everything. And I, I'm sure part of it is so you can charge a buck more or you can charge a little bit more. But at the same note... I think it's a way of standing out at the comic book shop as well because it gives you the experience you're talking about. 100%. 100%. I mean, I think I, I, I'll always be a theater geek at heart. And I think that's a big part of it too is like theater is solely experience at its best. So yeah. it's thinking the same thing is like how in this 2D form can we get at the end of 72 pages that people close and are like, fuck, man. I don't, like, I'm really sure what this well, is. Dope. But I think that's so odd because like everybody now that we're inundated all the time, we want to like plus up the stuff we like. Like that's why like it's crazy to me like records are selling like crazy. Everyone wants records now and like everyone bought a record player in pandemic and now they're like chasing down random albums. Like everyone wants like I want to touch this book. I want it to be interesting. I want to open it and feel that that difference there and so like that's why exactly what you're saying and why you like immersion like this book feels like it's that like it's all about immersion yeah it really made me feel like reading it like vintage vertigo books where you'd pick it up and yeah visually this is assaulting me and (laughs) (laughs) i i mean that complimentarily that you're just like this is in my eyeballs now and this is what i'm focusing on and it's not Particularly right now, it's not like, oh, I'm checking my phone while I'm doing this or notifications pop or whatever. You're focused on that book. Yeah, it pulls I, I mean, you in. Yeah. I mean, to that end, I'm curious, Jonathan, who are your influences? Because the one yeah. that 
Uh, Bill Sigevich definitely bumped mm. out to me quite a bit. I yeah, don't know yeah. if that's somebody you look at, but I'm just curious to hear. From yeah, you. I mean, you can't draw a bear in a comic without. <laughs> but but he is like yeah of course he's a big influence and like some of the vertigo cat like uh you know uh dave mckean is another huge one yeah uh speaking of vertigo the the guys who would paint comics uh like oh yeah when i was a kid i was like wait he someone painted this well how, yeah, I, how, I, how, I, how is that even possible and, that at the, well i had the same reaction too because like we all grew up probably around the same time and i was like i was super into you know the image uh yeah you know the original image crew and like the kubert brothers and you know joe mad and all and all these dudes. Yeah. and then you see something like you know some of my favorites now like uh you know george pratt and kent williams comics and, and john j muth comics and it's like holy shit this is like this is a comic too yeah but this doesn't look like <laughs> It, like it, it was like a it was a crazy thing like trying trying to figure it out or like reconcile those two things in my head and then like as I got older, like I had a period as a professional even where I was like a real asshole about like comics are fine art and like we need to appreciate that blah 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 blah, blah. which which I do I do yeah I mean like I do still believe like but I'm also like man this is the stuff that looks good to me this is the stuff that makes sense right. to me you know that that sort of impressionism that that was like heavily into like Sienkiewicz, Williams, Muth, McKean, you know, that makes sense to me too. That's definitely influenced my work. But there's also, man, I love, uh, you know, there's a little bit of cartooning, there's hard blacks, there's, it's very rooted, I think, in comic book language, uh, while still trying to, to, to expand. And I think that now, not to, not to like, slug off anything, I feel like some there's been a little bit of a tendency to my eyes in the past like 10 years for some of the big two house style to start mm -hmm. coming back i think and that's like a lot of those artists are great to be fair but like there's a certain look that a comic book has now as opposed to in the 90s as opposed to in the 70s as like you guys were talking with bob about you know like underground stuff yeah. Like that was comic books too, man. Like, but that looked nothing like, you know, Jack Kirby back in the day or, or Neil Adams or something. And I think that where we are now is, is in an interesting place too, where it's like, yeah, man, like the movies have, have informed the, the general population that a comic book superhero exists. This is what it looks like. But if you're interested enough to like go like another couple levels, there's other comic books too. And there's other looks that, that come with other stories for, for comic books to tell yeah yeah also uh, there's a weird balance in the fact of like the movie the superhero movies are so impeccably clean like yeah they're perfect filmmaking but also the house styles have become impeccably clean it's uh, not that the so art's true. bad but there's a part of me that i'm like whenever people are like ah oh, it's so it's so depressing or frustrating right like it's so frustrating that like people who love marvel movies won't go and see the comic book and i'm like well what's the difference like what's the not what's mm. the difference between their fandom, but like what's the like if if both styles are impeccably clean and have a similar like punch joke drama rhythm, yes. then what like and I don't mean this as a shot on on the books. There's amazing people working at those companies, but I do think like there becomes a static, right? Like mm. a stasis between between the forms. So you're like, well, you're not gonna funnel people from the movie into this because like it, they're not getting something different. They've already seen it. Yeah, they've already they've, had that experience. It, you know, talking it's about it. Yeah. It's something. It's it's slower. You're reading it. It's not going yeah. to compete with that. 100%. When I think to your point, like if we had like something that was a little like 
dirtier, different, something that went in a couple directions, then you would be like, oh, this feels different than that in a way. It's a different experience. I mean, how fucking different is dark, like Frank Miller's Dark Knight from Keaton's Batman? Like, totally dark, but like the visual feel and and play Mm -hmm. of the world. If I if I watch Keaton, I'm like, oh, that was darker than I expected a superhero movie. And then if I read Dark Knight after, I'd be like, holy shit, that's what <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay, Keaton was like a break. I get it. Yeah. For my yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something that people forget about that of like stasis is this tricky animal. Like it sneaks up on us without us realizing it. I think in industries, especially in artistic mm-hmm. ones, that before you know it, you start just suddenly going like everything feels the same and and like you just you feel it internally and you start talking to your friends like doesn't don't the tv shows feel the same or don't the movies feel the same i just don't feel like it's exciting when you say it's not exciting anymore you're saying it's static it there's very yeah. few things that are awfully made anymore like yeah. you know what I, like truly awfully made and so i think like that becomes a bigger kind of a question because once you once you make something static you make it disposable that's the next step from stasis well, and it's like limited It's like limited thinking where you're like, oh, they're only going to want the same thing from the movie they just saw. Make the toy the same, make the comic the same, make the TV show the same. When really, I think to your point, it's like, no, they want to step out. They want If they love the, what they saw, they want the more mature, more different, more a thing that takes what I, th- I think it's the responsibility of the creative, the creatives to to provide that thing because the audience yeah. is going to eat up whatever you, you give them until they don't, until they just yeah. and then are yeah. done. And, and then the and then the people who make the thing are shocked. They're like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why what? we did everything you that you wanted? Like this, yeah. yeah. Force feeding you what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. You told us for years over billions yeah. of dollars that this is what you you would do. I mean, every artist I know, at least of a certain age, like grew up. Like I think of a bunch of people like that I respect, like Phil Hester. Like grew up obsessed with Kirby. Kirby stuff is super grotesque and not like any super. Yeah. Grotesque and again, not in a mm-hmm. knock, but like it's mm-hmm. blocky and and like yeah, Adonis esque, yeah. right? Like there's a there's a roughness to it that as a kid you pick up and you're like, yeah, there's something kind of fun and a little gross about this that I, I dig. It's not it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the perfection of it is where I'm like, I feel like TV is really perfect too. I, I I work a lot in film and TV now, and it's a frustrate. It's a it's a divide I have at times where I'm like, oh, all of this shit's so perfect. Don't you get bored? Like, yeah, clean. But, it's too clean. Like, you want clean. some bumps. You want it to be a little mm-hmm. wooly every now and again where you're like, that's weird. Yeah. It makes you listen harder because you're like, why would they do that? And it's, well, it's like, I, I you think know. The, this gets into, I, I have always thought that you need the low points to understand the high points. When you have something that's just perfect across the board, you're like, yes, that was all evenly good. This is something, uh, just to take it further back, I used to talk about this all the time, and you never specifically tried this, but when we were structuring a sketch comedy show, it always kind of helped when you add one sketch in there that was absolute garbage, because that's the (laughs) one that people would be like, ah, that was bad, but that would make them realize how good the other ones were. And whenever we do a show where it was like, even across the board, everything really good, people would come out, we'd be like, what do you think? They'd be like, yeah, that was good. It's, it's so true. There's so many of my favorite things have wild imperfections in them that I'm even yeah. aware of that. I'm like, that is a massive fucking plot hole. And yet this is probably my favorite television show of all time. Like, I don't give a shit about the plot hole. The plot hole made me appreciate the magic stuff they did. That's almost impossible to pull off. 
Young like, Sheldon, right? Young Sheldon. <laughs> Young Sheldon does it every week. In, they week do it? Every week, every week. They're crushing it. Genius. Can he get any younger? I don't know. We'll find out in the series finale. Yeah, younger Sheldon. He can hang out with younger Rock. It'll be great. All the universe. It's awesome. Anyway, (laughs) we've got a little far afield. Uh, But guys, this book is absolutely fantastic. Uh, The part of the thing is the final order cutoff is going to come up relatively soon. When is that if people want to tell their comic book shops to order the book? John. I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, no. I mentioned looking up before. Tell, I tomorrow. will say to your audience, to, like, you guys know how comic books works. Ordering comics and pre-ordering is dumb. Like, it's a dumb system. So <laughs> tell your shop, like, soon, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the book's out in May, which means, like, the shop needs to know in... Uh, go tell it, tomorrow. Say tomorrow. Yeah, go, go tell go tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to go into the shop anyways Wednesday. So go tell them tomorrow. No, Justin's right. We, me and John complain about this also all the time. We've been moved a couple of times, but even without that, I never know when the fucking FOC is. It's so yeah. confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> but the title's fun to say. But yeah. yeah. Pirate Viking Queen, even if you get the words in the wrong order, there's not going to be that many other books titled. Just say it. some nouns. Go to your shop. Start shouting nouns. They'll pick up on it somewhere. Honestly, if you go to your shop and you just start shouting bear, pirate, Viking, anything, you're going to have a good time. Like, you're going to be very fun for you. Make a friend. Awesome. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Again, the book yeah, is great. Great book. As always, yeah, a guys. pleasure. Thank, you, thank you so much. Can't wait to see it. See you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you. All right, there we go. Once again, in case you missed it, the book is called Bear Pirate Viking Queen. It does come out on May 1st from Image Comics, but you can order it from your comic shop right now. Get it. Get it. And we're going to get it with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience question. And if you've got questions, all you got to do is drop them in the comments over on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or X slash Twitter. Uh, to that point, I'll just bring this up real quick because we did get one here. Uh, Salma on X says, I didn't know this was a thing on X. It is. Oh, what's you can comment there. We can't respond to you. But it's sad we can't respond. We can, but, but we can see it. So yeah. there you go. Uh, that all said, today... Is the kickoff, not the kickoff, the end? I don't know. Whatever it is, it, it's it is. Mardi Gras. It is what it, it's the yeah, It's Mardi Gras. There it it's is. It's Mardi Gras today. And Brett Macris, our official CBC chef, is down in New Orleans. Spray and bully. his drink today is a Vaucare. I probably mangled that as usual. But official drink of Mardi Gras. Um, I did not make that because that has cognac. And last week, he gave us a Saz... Not a Sazerac. What was it? Was it a Sazerac? Uh, was it? I, I didn't think make maybe last... whatever it was, it was something with cognac. It was so delicious. That's all I drank until I ran out of cognac. So I didn't have cognac this week. I, I believe it was a Sazerac. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I made a margarita tonight, which feels like the diametric opposite of a Vaucare, but it is what it is. Um, I'm made no, the opposite of a Vaucare is a Miller High Life, which is what I'm drinking. <laughs> Champagne of beers. Yes. What about you, Pete? Land shark still? Knock, knock, who's there? Landshark. Come on, that's everybody's favorite SNL sketch, right? Absolutely. Honestly, I don't know what you're talking about half the time. You don't remember Landshark? I remember when you said it last week and I didn't know. Huh. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that sketch for a long time. 
I don't know. You're it's a one comedian. of those classic very early sketches when they were on like crazy amounts of cocaine and a lot of the stuff didn't really make sense. Landshark. Landshark. There was a knock at the door. They said, who is it? And, he, and they'd no. be like, oh, Wait, not I, a Landshark. I get it. <laughs> and then the, they're <laughs> opening the shark would eat them. Yeah. Whew. Ooh, they were high. Uh, this is from um, Frederico Rosa. Yes. I have uh, one thing before we get to a question. Last okay. week we, we talked about um, uh, Lynn Ward and those the books. Oh. And I fucking got them. Oh! Nice. And I'll tell nice. you what, they are Open awesome. them up. Truly wild. Panels. Uh, yeah, like these are. I'm just opening to a random page. These are like, Ooh, really, look at that. And these are all woodcuts oh that are God. like just mm-hmm. super legit. That's David Tennant oh. and Jenna Ortega as the last one. <laughs> wow. like there's my uh, house. These are random pages, but man, I John I love it. I can see and, my house from here. <laughs> I'm slowly just like reading through them. It's beautiful. Awesome. I'm so happy to have found this from our guest last week. So shouts to that. Oh, that's, oh that's that's really cool. Is Frederica it tough Rose? though? Because I'm sorry, is no, it tough right. though? Because it's a paper you want to feel because it it's wood, but it's just a piece of paper there. You know what I mean? Uh, You're not getting that. Yeah, really I don't know if you've ever heard this, but paper is is wood. <laughs> yeah, but you know when there's a wood carving of something, and then you're looking at a picture of it, you're not really getting when the it, feel. When are you, you know encountering wood yeah, carving? I've always, whenever I'm reading that. the comics that we're talking about, I'm always trying to grab Spider Man, and it hasn't worked. Come yet. here, come here, Spidey. Yeah. I'm always trying to whittle my comics out of wood, man. You know what I mean? I look forward to finding your wood carvings upon your death, Pete. (laughs) The great Pete collection. Sorry. Finally, Frederica Rosa says, spent the whole day today checking my comics for damage from spilling Coke yesterday. Oof. Do you guys have any story like this with your collections? Well, my comics are all down here in my basement where I'm taping, and we've flooded several times. So, so far... I, I, the not the last flood, but two floods ago when we were unprepared, I ended up having to throw out like 200 comic books, which was heartbreaking just because Ugh. they were like completely destroyed and fused together and there was nothing there. So, um, yeah, I've similarly had flooding and have had to, when the couple boxes that got hit, I um, had to do some meticulous care to try to keep from having to throw them out. I hadn't, I haven't had to throw out, throw out too many. Because it wasn't bad enough to make them puff. Yeah, Frederico, I had the same thing happen where I dumped, I spilled a bunch of crystal meth into my comic books, and they were just, you know, it was like, oh god. Sorry, and Justin, then, get, just to get back to yours, you gotta uh, puff the, you gotta fluff the you puff. Gotta, you gotta puff, <laughs> puff the fluff. You gotta fluff when the you, puff. When you they gotta, puff up, you fluff the puff. Yeah, right, Pete. Yeah, you guys are having fun. <laughs> you guys are having a good time. That's a but, Pete. Yeah. Raise puff the fluff, just so we're all just yeah. so we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Pete Cat Guy, he loves to um, like puff his cat's fluff. Have you watched Cat Person yet? By the way, Pete, that's on Hulu now. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's your life story. Oh, uh, is it like furry shit or something? No, it's not. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, why don't we move on? Michael even says, "Question: What did Justin give up for Lent?" Uh. Nothing? The Comedy. I <laughs> is that now? <laughs> Hoo-ah! Come I on. Don't, I don't do I don't do that. I don't do Lent. Hmm. Um, what are you what are you giving up? 
I guess I'm just giving up. How about I just give up? There you go. That's great. Congratulations. Nan Card says, will you cover the Madam Web movie on You the know pod? it. Uh, man, I'm much less enthused after the reviews came out today. No. Oh, no. I'm still hype. No. Are you? I'm still hype. I mean. Really? I mean, in a measured way. I'm. I went, we are going to cover it. We're going to all see it this week, and we're going to do a pod. Oh, just yeah? Like we did, just like we, we did, did with Aquaman, Aquaman Dickhead. I believe Aquaman was downgraded from a movie to like a community theater production. <laughs> Versus so not... Madam Webb. <laughs> a real culture. movie that's definitely in theaters. It's anyway, not... we are all going tomorrow for Valentine's Day. Uh, we are each other's Valentine's dates. Sitting in separate theaters as always. It has, the reviews <laughs> haven't been as bad as that uh, vampire fucking thing, right? Uh or are, oh, are, are sorry, you're talking about Morbius. Morbius. I thought you were talking about Last Voyage of the Demeter, but wow, why uh, would I be talking? Guys, about you're ever? both talking about movies that nobody wants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're actually worse than Morbius. The reviews. Stray Bullet says, "Are they really? Yeah, they're very bad. They're really, really awful." Oh, um, wow. Stray Bullet says, "What's a title you think ended too soon, or you wish there was a sequel to the original series?" Hmm. Ooh, a title. I mean, all I mean, in some. Well, ways. the most yeah, recent all. one I'd say is Avengers Inc. Uh, I really like that series. I thought that was Definitely. fun. I don't know if anybody I'm super into. I guess newsletters now, but Tom Brevort's newsletter. He's been very open about that thing, and he was like, "Yeah, we planned ten issues. Nobody bought it. Like nobody no. bought this. We really thought, hey, how could we stretch out the Avengers concept?" So it becomes a little more noir, something different. So it isn't just Avengers books. It completely did not work for the audience and we had to cancel it. And that's a real bummer to me because I like the impetus there, you know, to take and these characters and try different things. Agreed. Why do you think it didn't work? Because I would, I haven't checked the numbers, but like if no one bought it at all, like where's Avengers was in the title? I think is, it, is it Wasp at the helm? Is it, I, I don't is know it a wonky vision? Like what's the... One of the things that I don't think helped it was the title being Avengers Inc., which sounds like they're running a company, and that's not. It was mm. a detective agency, is what they were doing. Yeah, I thought it was so, all about pens. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But I, I do think that is part of the problem because I didn't know what the title was going in. We read almost every number one, so I was going to read it anyway. But like, I was very pleasantly surprised that it was a noir detective tale, and I don't think you would have known that if you hadn't read the book. So, mm. yeah, you should have called to kill your darlings. Oh, yeah, nice taken, scorned. Uh, oh, did you have an answer for that? Um, we, I was gonna say, uh, bone is something that I increasingly am bone? be returned to by Jeff bone? Smith. And, uh, I'm surprised that he has not in the many years since that series. Ended. Do you know he is releasing his proto bone strips? I saw that. that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Proto Bone. Proto Bone. also asks, what are some of your favorite mashups in. Oh, Schoichler asks, what are some of your favorite mashups in comics, either mashups or of specific characters or of concepts not often combined in comics? Now, we should say this is about a maybe a question spinning out of a news story that Alex was just like lit up for, just like wound the fuck <laughs> up about. I so, was very excited about you, it. I believe me, I know you lit up the Patreon Slack like guys. I didn't mean huge to do that. News. I was like, this is some fun news, is what I said. What? What? Uh 
Marvel and DC are re-releasing their classic crossovers as an omnibus, actually two volumes. The first volume is going to be things like Superman versus Spider-Man, Batman Daredevil. Um, there's the Dark Side, Galactus. You the think Hunger. this is huge news? They're, they've I, been I will out say, of print for decades. They have it out of print, but the idea that a re-release of old comics was Alex like, guys, yeah. buckle up. Shit's about to get loose tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry that it wasn't something cool to you. you no, you're just I, a I like I, I like that you like it. I was just very like surprised. They're also doing so an like... amalgam omnibus, which just sounds yeah. wild to me. That's fun. Yeah. Fun stuff. Good times. And the other reason it's a big thing is it's DC and Marvel working together again on something. Yeah. Something that hasn't happened since, I think, That's 2000. Huge. Something and that's something like that? it is surprising. In fact, we've talked about how recently that that will never happen again. In and the, the fact that they are then doing this is right. I don't even think it's necessarily an indication of future crossovers necessarily. I don't think it has anything to do with the movies or the TV, like some people probably speculating online. But that was the thing that I thought was very cool about it is beyond like, hey, getting reprints of this stuff, getting DC and Marvel on the same page, that's a different place than we've been in 20, 25 years, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And for mashups, I I liked for a while in the early aughts, they did a ton of like weird Batman mashups, or it's like Batman, Hellboy, Starman, for instance. Shouts to my Starman shirt. Uh, that those were good and weird, and there were a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, there's still, I mean, you know, you got Batman like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Batman, you know, like he he gets in go out anywhere. There. He goes you know, Batman Spawn was a great one I used to love. Yeah, uh, Spawn Cerebus. Ooh, yeah. I mean, Cerebus, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, come on, bro. We can do this all day. That's where I first encountered Cerebus is I was reading TMNT and I was like, who is this? Who is this unrelated? Same. Same. Yeah. Very weird. Who's this mad person that is too much like a future friend of mine named Pete LePage? (laughs) (laughs) This is what we may need to skirt over the answer for a little bit from Nelson Kelso. Did you guys get a chance to watch all of Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I'm unsure, but maybe in agreement with Pete about the ending, even if I did enjoy it overall. You guys. Let's oh, not, I can't wait to get into this. specifically talk about the ending. I cannot wait for this. Watched it. Um, but I have watched all of it. Me too. And, oh, you watched all of it as well? I crushed Oh, it's it. on. Oh, I, I can't wait. It. Loved it. Loved it. What are you talking? Excellent. If you haven't checked it out, it is ostensibly a TV adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. It's not that at all. It's a flip of the concept where they don't know each other, but they do know their spies. It's like, hey, did you like this thing? Guess what? We made it worse and made it a TV show. You will lose hours of your life. It right. never get it back. And more interesting, and if you're oh a fan yeah, of that's more interesting. Do you know it wasn't good? Do you know it wasn't good? I see that all day. You walk out your door, you see that all Pete, day. Pete, do you know it wasn't that's good? It's not creative. That's the not movie helpful. version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We and if and if you like the movie mer- version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I have another thing you should definitely check out. Um, it's the movie. Just press play again on the Dude, movie. Dude, I'm Smith. when we get you to can we just can watch keep... that again. Both of you motherfuckers are going down. All right. I'm keeping my cool right now because I cannot wait. Wow. What a crazy statement that you think this is keeping your quote unquote cool. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan you of the TV show, Atlanta, Luda right now. If you're a fan of the TV show Atlanta, 
I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith is sort of, I mean, it's the, the Glover. No, what are you it. talking about? They do yeah, bring some of the one I would say if you're, if you're a fan of the show Poker they, Face, you will also like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Omnia Solar Show yeah. says Mr. and You're Mrs. Smith is one of the best TV shows Atlanta. that's ever been broadcast. I talked to everybody in the comments level. and we all agree. Thank you so much, Omnia Solar. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Omnia says, with Valentine's Day coming up, what are some romantic comics to recommend? There was a kind of legendary uh, Black Canary, Green Arrow uh comic that was, I don't want I want to say maybe it was five, six years ago at this point. Uh, that was uh, that DC did that uh, just awesome. Just Cliff Chang did a couple covers. It was just uh, such a beautiful. I great, have one hanging I, upstairs. All right, stop nut flexing on this fucking podcast, man. He I'm sick gave of them it. to us. You have one as well. Yeah, one yeah one. I do. That's why I didn't bring it up. It's like not too far behind me right here. But, oh yeah, don't bring up things that are relevant when we're talking about. Them. Not you. Why like, don't you? Hey, why don't you? Uh, you know who the original? I was talking my Mrs. best friend Smith Ed Brubaker yeah. earlier in the month. We and, uh... we also were there. <laughs> this is not. None of this is flexing. We're all there. Yeah, most of we're all part of each other. I'm not lives. bragging. I'm like it was super. I'm nice the only asshole trying to answer was... this question. You guys are just shitting on me. I have multiple answers here. Um, I think modern thing coming out, Love Everlasting, romance comic, very not romantic, but it's sort of the flip of that. And then I want to point to one of my favorite romances in comics, and it's from a while back, uh, but it's Bruce Wayne and Sasha Bordeaux. Um, who later went on to uh, take over Checkmate, but she was his bodyguard for a while, later discovered that he uh, was Batman and then became his sidekick for a bit. And they had a romance in there. And it's something it's no no knock on Catwoman and Batman. But this to me is the the best slow burn ro superhero romance that I've seen. Wow. I'm going to throw out concrete. Uh, as right. one of the hotter comic books that have ever, ever come out. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to get Great. things rocking and rolling this Valentine's Day, don't turn on the music, lower the lights, and get out the roses. Crack. Just <laughs> crack open a volume of concrete and get to read it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> no, beautiful. Hot. H O T. <laughs> uh oh easy reader says alex show us oh, for valentine's on, day man. absolutely because of course he has his teed up it, he's you it's shocking how close that is what is your fucking deal today man you know, hey hey everybody happy just valentine's wake day. up you're welcome drinking haterade just going ah <laughs> oh, man i mean fuck okay. everybody else fuck everybody's life that was soon, he's, someone uh, asked him for that pete yeah and and the other thing is like yeah, the guy. This he is. Paid. I got this. Body. He had it queued up and ready. I got this body working out with my you good didn't friends do Ed Brubaker and you G. did not. You pasted your every weekend. Face. We hit the blink. Oh my god! Down this in is, Park and, Slope. And let me just say, no I've commented before stuff. on the neck, and the neck is immaculate in this Photoshop. And sorry to the listeners. But Alex, let me also say, sorry to people way, watching, the, people listening don't have their eyeballs on fire right now. The photo you selected, the look on your face is also excellent. For Stop this. giving them compliments. The Thank eyes, you so much. The, the there's a weird, almost a, a smarm. There's a oh, yeah. knowing look, as if you know <laughs> that you have these abs in this photo, oh. but I know that you don't. 
Oh, thank you so much. What is that? Was that Adam point? Sandler, though. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. I'm glad you worked that in. That is not. People ask, like, like why don't old... we do the show live? It's because <laughs> if we were together in the same room, I would be hurting people. Hurting? H E R D? Just like circling around. T. Well, anyway, it is time to do move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Okay. Oh, well, first off, before we go back to you, the lovely audience, uh, all we need is a brave volunteer and $25 to mine. Just need a stand up or uh, hey, uh, Alex douchebag hey, Alex really, uh, that's not how you say hello yeah I'm scared of Alex is he real any of those things will uh, volunteer you or um, we could have one of you guys do it and we can donate yeah I don't know I guess we'll see what happens yeah, yeah. oh boy come Valentine early Valentine's Day with Pete LePage. Ooh, yeah. Are you doing a uh, Valentine's Day themed? No. Driven? No. Dude, no. Straight Bullet will do it. Oh, yeah. man. He's fired up. I love it. Get Ooh. him into the stream. Yeah, no. I think we should, actually. Uh, Hold on. I'll see boy. if I can get him to do that. Hold on. Uh, you guys I, keep feel like we've, I feel like we've talked to him on uh, every on Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, for the past couple of years. So. Yeah, we've gotten some videos online of what it's That's like insane. around his neighborhood. It's great. It's also what's it's that his birthday. Also, Holy birthday. shit, happy birthday. It's his birthday? Oh, I feel bad. It's his birthday. It's Mardi Gras. He's in New Orleans. Oh He's also God, in the birthday. middle of a very intense opening of a restaurant. <laughs> well, <he's got> a <laughs> this guy's living out loud. This guy's living out loud. Whew. Well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, in the meantime, Pete, do you want to start trivia just in case you can't hop in? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I'm just writing happy birthday. Oh, God, I spelled hey, it wrong. Maybe you could tell oh. him. You spelled it wrong? <laughs> you spelled happy birthday wrong? Well, sometimes when you're typing, you don't accidentally make a mistake and hit a key next to another key. Never. I put my fingers on the keys that I need. No, I've never made a mistake. A well, typo? Just... What does that mean, a typo? You guys, uh, that's like a type of blood, yeah. All right, here we go. Today's trivia is on info negative. Uh, Try this again. Today's trivia is on inventions predicted by comics and a small nod to the legend Cheetah Rivera, RIP the OG Anita. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. All right, uh, do we got stray bullies queued up here? Should we wait? Wait, here we go. Yay! 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 Great bullies! Happy birthday! Happy yep. Mardi Gras! Happy birthday, buddy! Yeah, I am drunk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no. I believe I you posted your first drink of the day a long time ago in our our Patreon Slack. <laughs> oh, you're oh, mute. You're mute. You <laughs> muted yourself and then started talking. The opposite. Yeah. No, you're still muted. You're still muted. <laughs> it's okay. He can make the letter with his hands when you yeah. do this. Yeah. Pete, do you want to start? <laughs> sure. All right, here we go. That straight. hat is doing a lot of work. Here yeah. we go straight. Question number one. In the 1964 issue of Lois Lane. Wait, Superman... can you hear me now? Yes. yes, we can. Okay. 
Okay, great. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one. In the 1964 issue of Lois Lane, Superman used the first blank. Was it A, a 3D printer, B, the ice bucket challenge, or is it C, Queen Latifah? <laughs> uh, I'll say the 3D printer. Correct. Wow. <laughs> Still Superman got it. Was the first yeah. one to use the 3D printer. Fun fact. All right, here we go. Question number two. In the 1957 issue of Batman number 109, Batman used the first blank. Was it A drone, B scone, or C Catherine Zeta Jones? Uh, scone sounds nice. Yeah, I think uh, scone would be delicious. Right I'll, now. Be I'll, I'll be pick A though. Challenge. I'll pick A. You are correct. It was wow. the first throne. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Last one. You're killing it. Question number three. In the 1964 issue of The Amazing Spider-Man number 11, Spider-Man used the first blank. Was it A, Truck Nuts, B, Air Tag, <laughs> or C, John C. Riley? Uh, I'm going to just say Truck Nuts. Ah, uh, just because you yeah, want to say Truck Nuts. That's I all. just wanted to say Truck Nuts. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's why I put it in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but is that the answer, it's Pete? B. No, yeah, it's Tracer is kind of oh, the first air tag. Yeah. Cool. Brett, congratulations. You are getting a Thanks. $25 gift card to Midtown Comics or Justin. What were you going to say? Brett, how's your Mardi Gras going? What's what's oh, yeah. the news right now? Uh, it's just, as our I correspondent. Mean, I'm in the fucking house now. That's how it's going. I mean, we're 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 pretty much done. But Mardi Gras, people don't realize, like, it doesn't go all night. It starts at, like, 8 a.m., something like yeah. 6 a.m. Uh, yeah, I was drinking that Vucare. I posted that photo in the Slack. That's when I started drinking that, was yes. at, like, 9 a.m. I believe so. you. I believe you. Cruised around French Quarter, went down Frenchman Street, went to the Mironi, went to the Bywater, walked up into the French Quarter. Like, it's a lot of cool stuff. A lot uh, of fun, a lot of people out. Yeah. Give us the update on the restaurant. If you, you've never spoken to it directly with your voice on the show. So it is going to be called Wild South, as nice. you guys know. And it is a five-course tasting menu. Um, the menu is going to change every week or whenever I get bored. And, <laughs> uh, every day. Yeah. We'll have a little a la carte thing at the bar, but it's going to be like all local, all like all my favorite purveyors, all the best stuff around Louisiana, all the best produce. Local seafood meat local stuff uh, galore and uh i'm gonna go nuts with it so it should be pretty yeah, fun and opening. when it's gonna potentially open later Most, this month yeah at the very end of the month like uh what, what month is it it's uh february <laughs> february 28th yeah when it's uh february 29th leap day go leap day no. never forget we almost it. did that we almost did that <laughs> we tried but it, like Mike, our the, the owner of the restaurant, he's just like, no, we can't do it. Can we do that? And I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Like every four years, we have a birthday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my that's my wife Becky. Yeah, Becky. Becky. Yeah, she she'll be working there too. So hell yeah, it's nice. Cool. So pro. That's all. And like I said, at, <laughs> at the bar are always going to be the, those are going to be like the chef's table seats, always reserved for comic book club people. So let me know. Yeah, come on. Yeah. 
You're the best, yeah, Brad. Now I'm just going to chill out. We lit a fire. Ooh, nice. nice. Happy birthday. birthday. Happy Mardi Gras. Yeah, happy you birthday. Away we love your man. Yes, I know, well, that's what it is. I had to be the ghost of Mardi Gras past today, which is why I'm a candle. No. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for doing trivia. Thanks, guys. Always wonderful. Later. Bye. Take care. All right. There we go. Uh, now, as we all always... know, oh, what was your secret movie, Pete? Oh, uh, it was the oh man, come on, computer. Why are we? You don't remember? It's the two. I was trying to get the exact year. I think it's two thousand and two, Chicago. Yes, movie uh, Chicago. Mm. That tracks with Schweikler saying Renee Zellweger. Yeah, as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to that's out this week? Pete! Oh, man. Big week for me, man. Big week. There's a lot of great stuff. Uh, Transformers, number five. Patrolhead, number uh, four. Red Hood Hill, number one. Sanford Green, come out! Uh, and Sinister Sons, number one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Justin, what about you? Uh, I agree. There's a lot of stuff um, that we're talking about in, especially in um, the the comic book podcast that we do. I'm gonna I'm gonna light up Night Thrasher number one. Uh, what? So, I, I'm a big New Warriors fan. Um, I this book. Uh, I'm curious what they're going to do with that, especially in relation to the continuity of the New Warriors, which is like sort of spotty in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'll also shout out Blue Book 1947, number one. If you're like uh, wanting to believe more in UFOs, read this book because it does a good job of being like pretty, pretty real. Right. <laughs> uh, I was definitely going to call out that one. The two that I'll mention, though, is If You Find This, I'm Already Dead, which is a new book by Matt Ooh. Kent that I think we talked to him about the last time he was on the show. But if not... Him. It is about a, a journalist who said to an alien planet and everything goes horribly wrong. Also, Creep Show, Joe Hill's Wolverton oh, Station yes. is a one shot from Joe Hill, Jason Ciamarella, and Michael Walsh based on a short story that he published. I honestly don't remember which collection, but uh, it is very changed for the Creep Show book. I will plug, uh, but it's gory and gross. And people it's a real, it real town, by the way. It is a real town, and yeah. everybody can check out reviews of those in our Stack podcast that is in its own dedicated feed, as well as the Comic Book Club feed, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Jonathan, Marks, Baravecchia, and Sean Lewis for coming on to talk about Bear Pirate Viking Queen. Check that out May 1st from Image Comics. Griffin Sheridan, Ethan Smith, and Bob Quinn for Kill Your Darlings. The issue six is out tomorrow. Pete has a plug he wants to make. Oh, I was just saying, don't forget about the Bob Finger. No, I know. I have this written down. Oh, Bob Fingerman, doing that's finger. your business you're in. Uh, yeah, this is my first time doing the show. Thanks so much, Pete. Bob Fingerman, that's a business you're in, is on Zoop now for the next couple of weeks. So check that out. Yeah. Next week, some of our faves are going to be back on the show. Chris Condon is going to be here to talk yes. about Oni Press's new books, Night People. Maybe we'll sneak in some bad Texas blood questions. I don't know. And Tim Seeley is going to be back to talk about this. Local Mad at Hackslash, among other things. Bunch of other things to plug. 
Uh, you can check out Comic Book Club News every day of the week. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. Sons of Gun, our DC podcast. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice, but not Google Podcasts. That's going away to the end of March. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X. Comic Book Club Live on Dixock and Instagram. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast what? and many more. Until next time. We'll see you at the comic book I knew it. I knew it. You're a dick. Got a